listening to episode number 54 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are uploaded only on Self-Care Sundays, and we're back. I was MIA for a little bit, and I want to blame cancer season. I want to blame Mercury retrograde, the stars, astrology, basically everything but myself. But if I'm being completely honest, I was in a bit of a creative rut, And although I have been through it before and I've even recorded podcast episodes about getting out of a rut and self-care after a breakup, sometimes it's just not as easy to listen to your own advice as I wish it was. So we're back and we're better than ever. It is Leo season, which is my season. Leo season is all about creativity and self and living your best life. Leos get a bad rap for being egotistical and attention-seeking, but really we are just the queens of self-love and self-care. And it is my birthday today, uh, Sunday the 28th. I'm turning 26 years old, and to be honest, the past year has probably been the best year of my life. One of the best years of my life, for sure. 25 was such an awesome ride. Uh, I, funnily enough, have not been nervous or anxious about getting older because what I've realized is as I get older, I become more self-aware. I feel so much more confident in myself, in what I like, what I don't like. Um, I just... I feel like my best self and like I've really grown into myself and I think that we should all look at aging that way because there is a stigma around getting older and not being as youthful but come on like 40 is the new 25. I think it's so silly to worry about aging when you're in your 20s and yet as soon as you hit that 25 mark, I feel like so many of my peers and girls around me and friends even start worrying about not being married, not having their dream career. Like there's all of these pressures that we put on ourselves. And this is just your reminder to slow it down a little bit. Even if you're in your 30s, even if you're in your 40s, like there's still so much life to live and you're really only as old as you feel that you are. You can kind of do whatever you want to do and pursue whatever you want to pursue at any age because we live in this super accessible, amazing digital era. So you're only limiting yourself by having these negative connotations and thoughts around aging. And that's my little rant about that. Something that I learned about myself over the past year was that I have the ability to really redefine and recreate my own personal identity. And I learned this from moving out of a city that I was living in for seven years. I lived in Fredericton, New Brunswick. I went to university there. I stayed there for three years after, three or four years after graduating university. I had a long-term boyfriend there. I owned a company there. I felt like my entire identity was really tied to that place for a long time. And then in 2017, I moved to Montreal on a whim. And a year later, I moved to Calgary and have been living in Calgary for the past year. And what I've realized since my time being here is that almost everybody that's coming into my life now is meeting this new version of myself that I have really carefully crafted and created since leaving Fredericton. And 
I did that very consciously because I think that when you are in one place for too long, surrounded by the same people for too long, whether it's your high school hometown or, you know, a workplace or being with the same friends for way too long, we can kind of limit ourselves and not want to get outside our comfort zone of how others perceive us. And so moving for me felt very liberating and very freeing because I could really just be myself and do all of the things that I, Kaylee, wanted to do without worrying what other people thought or if it matched this perception that I thought other people had of me. And of course, I have kind of always been the same person deep down, but I just have found so much personal growth in the past year because I have felt liberated enough to just do my own thing and not worry what others think. But in saying all of that, something that I recognize very recently is that a lot of people in my life now, a lot of my new followers, listeners, um, basically my entire new friend circle doesn't know me from two years ago when I was a very different person running a clothing startup in Fredericton and, you know, mental health advocacy and fashion and e-commerce were my entire life and my, my entire identity was built around that. And so why I bring that up is because in today's episode, I'm going to be digging deep back into that past life, which feels like honestly eternities ago because I have mentally and physically moved on from that chapter in my life and it was a super necessary chapter and I learned so much but I wanted to give context in case you don't know me from that time in my life. Um, Today's episode is kind of about how I got here and how I transitioned from that chapter of running a startup and being in the fashion e-commerce space and being a mental health advocate full-time to now being a full-time freelancer, uh, working from anywhere that I want, having this very kind of quote-unquote freedom lifestyle that a lot of millennials are searching for and doing something that I really love in the influencer marketing space, working with female-founded brands, um, doing Instagram marketing, and of course focusing more on myself and things that I love like this podcast. So if you don't know that backstory or you don't have any context about who I was prior to this point, you might be interested in listening to episode number one, which is the intro episode about why I started the podcast and where I was before I started, and or listening to episode number 50, which was kind of like a midway point episode uh touching back on, again, how I got to where I am now and giving more context about how things have changed in my life. But you also don't need to listen to those episodes to get value out of this one. Today's episode is a birthday special, so I'm not going to be doing a in-the-cards tarot reading like I have for the past few episodes. It's also not an external interview. Today's episode is something kind of different. Uh, I was reading my emails this week, and I got a very random email from a student, and I'll read it to you because it really caught my attention. Um, She said, Hi, Kaylee. My name is Sam, and I'm a rising sophomore at Stanford University. I've been following your journey for a while, and as I come to a crossroads in life, I've been really evaluating what I care about and how to better navigate the world with that understanding. 
While I understand you're obviously very busy, I'd love to connect even over email just to get some advice about what you've learned in the past few years. So I read that email and honestly, I responded, I think, immediately, which I very rarely do. I usually leave emails for a little bit of time, mull them over, think about it, Um, especially if I'm reading emails on my phone. I almost never answer emails on my phone. I'll read them and answer on my desktop. Needless to say, I answered this email immediately um, and I told her, yes, of course, like shoot me over any questions that you have and I'll happily answer them because I think it's so important to share our journeys like as professionals and kind of older or like mid-20s, 30s, 40s and up people who have some experience in life to share that with others that are kind of just figuring everything out because I totally remember being there. I totally remember thinking about which school I should apply to next or what internship I should take or what I should do after school and being completely lost. So after I emailed her back, she gave me a bit of backstory on herself and she said, I'm a female who goes to Stanford and I just finished my first year. I think coming out of this year, I've struggled with understanding where exactly I want the direction of my life to go. I've always been very into mental health. I wrote a book about it in high school. I've struggled with anorexia and depression, but have also been exploring avenues such as photography and music and am most likely majoring in computer science. I figured the best way to maybe get some clarity or advice was to reach out to some of the people that have been my idols and role models and pick out any nuggets of advice that could help me navigate my confusion and focus on my passion. So what Sam doesn't know is that I'm recording this podcast episode, and I decided to record this episode and answer all of her questions because I thought it was really great way to reflect on how I did get here to where I am on my 26th birthday, and also to share some of those thoughts and insights with all of my listeners, and hopefully somebody more than just Sam can get the value out of what I've learned over the past few years and this is kind of a birthday present to myself as well just like reflecting on how I made it to this point so without further ado I'm going to dive into these questions for Sam thank you so much for emailing me and I hope you love this episode So the first question is, what happened before you started your clothing company and what was the road like getting there? This is such a loaded question. Um, The short answer of it is that I went to university for a Bachelor of Philosophy in Interdisciplinary Leadership Studies. I thought I was going to go to law school afterwards, become a lawyer, become a politician, do something in that realm that would effectively, quote unquote, change the world. And after the couple years of my degree, I realized that I had a really big passion for fashion. And I started doing an internship writing for a fashion magazine online. That was kind of my first step into the fashion world. I was signed with a modeling agency and that was kind of my second step into the fashion world. And this was all happening throughout my last year of university. Then I started volunteering at a mental health organization, also as part of my curriculum for school. And I realized that, I realized a couple things. I realized that mental health was something that affected so many people beyond what we were talking about at the time. 
Um, but I also started to recognize that I was seriously struggling with my own mental illness and I had been for probably like a couple years at that point, but I had always been in denial and never really recognized it until I was working with this mental health organization. And so I started going to therapy. I sought out support from a doctor, a nutritionist. I was diagnosed with an eating disorder and depression. I was on medication. And this is a very condensed version of that story because honestly, it was a long road that I was very uh, reluctant to go down because when you have mental illness, you the last thing you want to do is seek treatment for it because you have zero energy to do so. And Oftentimes your illness is telling you that it's not as serious as it actually is. So this was all happening my last year of university and I was kind of at the same time struggling with what I wanted to do after I graduated. I thought about going back to school. I didn't really see any other option other than going back to school because I had always been a great person in academia. Um, I got a 4.0 GPA. I was just always excelling in school even when my mental health was completely deteriorating. And so I decided to apply to uh, Parsons New School of Design and I was accepted to do their master's in fashion studies program. Now, after being accepted to that program, I also at the same time met somebody who would become my co-founder of the startup that I that I founded. And this was at the mental health organization that I was working at. And both of us had struggled with mental health and we were tasked to create something that would engage youth around mental health and get people talking about mental illness. And this was, again, for that organization. And so we created a small project um, where we essentially combined two of our interests, fashion and mental health, and we created a clothing line to raise awareness for mental health issues um, and give back to this organization that we were working for. After we launched that project, um, somehow things just started clicking and we had professors that were really interested in this uh, awareness project and our peers and friends were kind of interested in what we were doing and we thought, okay, what if we made this a real thing? And rather than just a one-time awareness project, we created an entire clothing line um, around mental health and it wasn't just a campaign, it wasn't just a fundraiser, it was an entire brand. So we kind of ran with that idea and coincidentally, for the first time ever, uh, the university that I went to uh, created a summer startup accelerator program. So we applied with our idea to this accelerator program and we were accepted. And the deal was that we would be paid full-time wages throughout the summer and receive prototype funding to basically turn this idea into a real company. And at the time, um, my decision was, do I accept this offer from Parsons and do my master's in fashion studies full time, or do I do this summer accelerator program and see what happens with this clothing line and if we can get it to kickstart and maybe at the end of the summer, it can actually be a job that, can, that I can do for who knows how long. So after mulling over it and talking to different professors, um, I decided that Parsons was always going to be an opportunity that I could apply to again and that I could always go back to school in the future, but 
This accelerator program was kind of a one-time opportunity, especially with the timing of things. Um, And just this idea was something that I didn't want to sit on because I thought if I let this idea go, I might never come back to it. So needless to say, uh, we accepted the accelerator offer worked on this clothing line throughout the entire summer, uh, launched the brand, launched our first collection. And after that, I was kind of hooked into the startup space. So I went full-time into the company uh, after we graduated from the program, which looking back was probably not the smartest decision because we were not profitable and we just didn't make enough money to pay ourselves. So we took out startup loans. Um, we taught ourselves as much as we could around the startup so that we wouldn't have to hire people or outsource things. And that was my journey, kind of creating that clothing line and everything that happened before it and why it was meaningful to me. Um, that's the short version. So the second question is, where did you even start with something like your startup? Do you have advice when it comes to just starting something? So as I mentioned, I had a co-founder when we started and it started as a project. It it didn't start as a company. It didn't start even as a full-fledged clothing line. It started as a project for school and I used school as a means to work on it. So I convinced my social enterprise teacher to let me work on this kind of business side hustle as part of my curriculum and be graded on it. And then we got really lucky being accepted into an accelerator program, which was essentially the real start to the company. So my advice when it comes to starting something a couple things. One, I personally did find it very helpful to have a co-founder in the beginning because being in school and, you know, having so many things going on, it was just nice to have somebody to work on this project with and not carry the full load yourself. So if you're somebody who you have an idea for a product or a startup or a company and you want to work on it, but you feel like you don't have the time to, maybe finding a co-founder is a good option for you and finding somebody that can motivate you and kind of fill in the gaps of where your weaknesses are so that you can really focus on your strengths in starting something and not worry about other pieces. That said, uh, partnerships are the hardest part of startups, in my opinion. Uh, It was kind of one of the reasons why I ended up leaving the company. So think long and hard before you dive into that. But in terms of kickstarting something, it can be very helpful to have somebody else or a team around you that helps. And so the second thing is finding a team or mentorship or a program like a startup accelerator. Um, I think the thing with a lot of accelerators and incubator programs is you already need to have some sort of progress before you apply to a lot of them. Most of the best ones you need to already be showing revenue for. So that's kind of the downfall and the caveat to a lot of these accelerator programs that really help out entrepreneurs when they're first starting out is that you already need to have some progress. The third thing that I would say is that when it comes to just starting something, there's a lot of little things that you can do 
that add up to it becoming a brand and it becoming a company. So for example, if you have an idea of something, you might be overwhelmed with how do I incorporate? How do I file my taxes? How do I find a supplier? How do I do this? How do I do that? When maybe the only thing that you need to focus on starting is an Instagram account. Or maybe the first thing you need to focus on is the design or the website or, you know, there's a million little things that add up to the bigger picture. And if you don't start with one of those smaller things, you're never going to find yourself at the long-term goal of creating that company that you want or creating that thing that you have envisioned in your head. So I think just starting with something really simple is a great way to dip your toe in and for me, I think a great way to test your passion for something is starting with those small things like creating a website, creating a logo, creating the Instagram page. Do that for a week, two weeks, a month, however long it takes you. And if you're still interested in the thing by the time you are done working on a small part of it, I think that's a good measure to say you should move forward with it. Because there's been projects that I've had in the past, things in the back of my mind where I start an Instagram page for it, I'm so excited, I buy the domain, and then I work on the actual thing for like three weeks and I lose interest and I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad that I didn't incorporate this as a business or that I didn't buy inventory on day one because after a month of like dipping my toe into it, I realized it wasn't something that I just, I'm a thousand percent excited about. So that would be my, my tip for that is like dip your toes in, start with something small. And then when you get to a stage where you are making a little bit of money or you have something that you can show for, look for those programs, whether it's a school program, a government program, um, or like an external program run by like a VC firm, whatever it is, look for those next stages where you can build a team, where you can have mentorship, and that can really kickstart your business into the next level. Question number three is, who do you think has had the most impact on your career, but also inspiration-wise? This is a wild and very hard question to answer because there have been a lot of people kind of on my journey, um, startup-wise, and then personally, obviously, in my personal life. Um, I think my answers are going to be kind of untraditional, but bear with me. So my first answer of who has had the most impact on my career, um, is honestly myself. And that might sound weird, but the reality is that I am the only person who has been able to do the things that I've done for myself, um, I learned along the way, building a startup, becoming an entrepreneur. I didn't learn those things in school, although there's certain skills and connections that I made that allowed me to pursue this, you know, after my degree. But my entire journey of getting here, I've done for myself. And it's weird to recognize that, but... For example, my entire full-time freelance job right now is uh, Instagram strategy and influencer marketing. And those are two things that I taught myself. 
uh, as hobbies, as things that I loved, as things that I just enjoyed doing, playing around with, learning about. I read, I listened to podcasts, I watched YouTube videos, I researched tools, I taught myself processes, I created my own strategies, and that's my full-time job now. And there was no mentor that showed me how to do those things. There was nobody that I looked up to in the freelance space that was doing those things. And that's kind of why I became that person for myself was because I didn't see anybody else doing influencer marketing the way that I do it. And so I wanted to fill a gap in the market and do that after I left my startup. Um, In terms of my startup journey career-wise, I had a lot of mentors that were professors and people in the industry, but at the end of the day, when I chose to leave the startup, you know, some people supported that decision and some people didn't, and you really only have yourself at the end of the day for whatever journey you're in, whether it's you know, you're working nine to fives and applying to different jobs. You know, when you leave that workplace, you might have good relationships with your employer or with your colleagues. You might have bad relationships with them. Every chapter, you're going to meet new people and you are the sole, singular, consistent driving force along all of it. And if you can be your best motivation throughout all of that, um, I think that's super important. And I think that's why I've gotten to this place where I'm at now is because I do have the drive to teach myself certain things and to be okay with being alone in certain ways and not having a team around me because I'm, I've created this life for myself and I'm learning along the way and nobody can really teach me that. So I think that there's a lot that you can do for yourself and a lot of inspiration that you can get from within Um, when you are on particularly like an entrepreneurial journey. In terms of somebody who has had a big impact on me inspiration-wise, which of course applies to my career, but I would say more so personally and then ripples out into my career, is my friend Valerie Van Galder. Uh, I did a podcast episode with her on Self-Care Sunday, episode number 36. She is a movie marketer, but beyond that, she's kind of the co-conspirator behind Depressed Cake Shop and somebody who came into my life uh, when I was in my first or second year of building my startup. Uh, She basically emailed me out of the blue, kind of similarly, similarly to how Sam emailed me this week. And she had read about me on BuzzFeed or the Today Show or one of the press media outlets that we'd been featured in. And she basically just kind of connected saying, I want to work with you. I want to meet you. I want to do something with you. I had no idea who this woman was at the time. All I knew was that she ran this cool little nonprofit thing called the Depressed Cake Shop where They raise money for mental health charities um, through bakery pop-ups. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. She lived in California and that's basically all I knew. I eventually ended up going to California and staying at her house, which probably, you know, you meet somebody off the internet, you don't know who they are, and then you fly to a different country and stay at their house without ever meeting them. Um, Sounds a little bit crazy, but that's what we did. And um, I didn't realize at the time, but she 
just became a really inspiring mentor to me. She has done so many amazing things in her career, which I had no idea when I went to go meet her. Like she has worked on some of the coolest Hollywood movies. Um, she, you know, co-founded this magazine like years and years ago uh, as one of her first gigs and has been working in the movie industry for a really long time and just has so much wisdom when it comes to not only career stuff and marketing, but more so I think self-awareness and mental health and relationships. And she was just somebody who came into my life at a time that I didn't know I needed her. And then when the whole roller coaster of building a startup was happening, all the ups and downs. She was somebody that was always very supportive. Um, after I left the startup, she was still very supportive and she was somebody who always felt more like a very close friend than a mentor or somebody that I worked with. Um, so I'm very grateful for that friendship. And I think something that I would tell younger people listening to the show is to hold close relationships with people that are older than you and that have more experience than you, life experience, professional experience, um, and let them share that with you and really soak that up because that has been something that has helped me get through work highs and lows, but also personal highs and lows, um, breakups. Uh, yeah, so those types of friendships are super important and can come to you at very random times without you knowing out of the blue from the internet from instagram from email like sometimes you just never know when somebody is going to come into into your life or why um but they do and you just have to let people in sometimes and then you look back and you're like wow i can't believe that i just met this person so randomly and they became they became this like very inspiring and impactful person in my life so, shout out to Val. Love you, Val. Question number four is, how have you worked on making your dreams a reality? And how did you even fully pinpoint what those dreams are? So, as you might have noticed in my storytelling, there's a lot of things that happened without me fully dreaming or planning them to happen. Uh, when I started university, my quote-unquote dream was to become a politician, and then halfway through, my quote-unquote dream was to go to fashion school, and then my new dream was to build this startup. I think our dreams are kind of always changing as we change and as we grow up and our interests solidify into different things and new opportunities come up. And so I will say that I'm not somebody who has a five-year plan or who has this massive dream in my head of like, this is exactly how I want my life to be at the end of the road um, because I've recognized that things just happen sometimes and you don't know where life is going to take you. And of course you can steer the ship, but sometimes it just doesn't go the way that you think it's going to go. And the way that I've materialized some of my goals and dreams is by just saying yes to opportunities, even if 
it wasn't originally what you were planning or dreaming for, if something comes up, say yes. So for example, my last year of university, I was dreaming of being in New York City and living this like gossip girl sex in the city life, living close to Times Square, which now that I've actually visited New York New York multiple times actually would have been insane, but like that was my dream in my head. And then this opportunity to create a startup and be paid to do that for a summer came up and while it completely flung that other dream out the window, it kind of created a new dream. And if I wouldn't have said yes to that, I wouldn't be where I am now. Also to say like, I never dreamed of being an Instagram marketing freelancer or working in influencer marketing because those things didn't even exist in my brain's vocabulary four years ago. There's things that you don't even know exist that could be your dream that you can't even possibly fathom because the world is changing so fast and new things are happening and new technologies, new companies, everything is like popping up all the time. So sometimes you just never know. And I think the best way to manifest your dreams is just to say yes to everything or new opportunities if it gives you a good gut feeling. And if you do have a really solid plan and goal and dream of exactly what you want to do, amazing. I think you can manifest that into your life too by saying yes to things that bring you closer to that. But I think having flexibility on your life's journey and, you know, looking at new opportunities with bright eyes is a really cool way of getting to a place in your life that you might never expect. And I think the journey is more important than the destination, On honestly. So that's my advice. Number five is what is the biggest challenge you've faced? And there's two things that come to mind. Um, one is my mental health. So for the first big chunk of my life, first 20 some years, I would say the biggest challenge that I ever faced was overcoming my mental illness and coming to terms with it first and foremost, Um, not living in denial of having an eating disorder, coming to terms with the fact that I was not perfect and that I have weaknesses and that I actually was struggling with things and needing to reach out for help. Um, I think reaching out for help was maybe harder than just dealing with the illness itself, which is kind of crazy to think back in retrospect, but that was a huge challenge for me and something that, you know, I still don't talk about a ton in my personal life because it feels like eons away now. Um, I do consider myself recovered, even though I go through kind of funks and ruts and like have certain anxious periods, but all in all, I've overcome that main negative chapter and I'm super proud of overcoming that, but it took a long time and it was really difficult. Um, But I think the more recent and uh, even more difficult challenge than overcoming my mental health challenges was my first attempt at being an entrepreneur and overcoming all of the challenges that come with that. 
And I think that's something that is not talked about enough in the startup space because that entrepreneurial journey is like the new American dream. But especially when it's coupled with mental health challenges, um, entrepreneurialism on its own is a roller coaster and it will bring with it depression and anxiety. So if you already are living with those things, it's like an added layer. And it was honestly the hardest thing that I've ever done. The hardest thing I've ever gone through was the first couple years of building my business. I think everybody's entrepreneurial journey is different, just like everybody's mental health journey is different. Some people will be luckier with funding. Some people will be luckier with press, with sales. Um, I think tenacity and talent plays a huge role uh, in that whole journey, but there's so many things that are just out of your control, whether it's timing or other people or other business relationships and Probably those three years of building my startup were the worst for me mentally, even though I was recovered slash recovering from my mental illnesses. It was just the financial stresses and the insane pressure of building a successful startup that completely like destroyed my soul in a lot of ways. So that in essence is, you know, kind of why I ended up leaving my startup after three years of building it is because I just realized that there was some things that I couldn't control and a lot was out of my hands and not to say that I was giving up on the idea, but it was something that I felt like my identity was so closely tied to and I didn't want my full life and happiness and value to be dependent on a business anymore. So that was a big realization and self-awareness moment for me was coming to terms with the fact that like I wanted a life outside of my startup. And when you are an entrepreneur and you're in the early stages of building a business, you don't really get that. It's so difficult to create a balance, to create align and boundaries um, so that you can practice self-care and that you can be yourself and live happily outside of all of the stresses of the startup world. Maybe it sounds like I'm exaggerating right now, but this is like me retrospectively looking back at what I was feeling in those first couple years and it was so, so, so hard. So All of that said, it was a very necessary journey for me to go on and for me to learn so that now I know, one, as a freelancer, there's so many less stresses than being a business owner and a manager and somebody who's like trying to raise capital and all of those things because my services are my money, my income, and that's basically as simple as it is. Um, But two... If I ever want to start a business in the future, which I probably will, I needed that experience of that really hard, messy first startup in order to know what to look out for, um, how to start things, how to manage my own expectations and my mental health while starting up so that my next journey, my next entrepreneurial journey can be more successful, can be successful. So I am grateful for that time, but it was incredibly, incredibly challenging. 
The next question is, what have you been doing to ensure that you keep growing as a leader? And I think the number one thing that I do is listen to podcasts and read books. These are two basically free, super simple things, but making time for them is so important to me. So I listen to podcasts whenever I am walking, jogging, running, doing errands, on the C-train, And I listen to not only business podcasts, but like personal development podcasts, podcasts on Instagram marketing, podcasts on entrepreneurial things. I think it's such an important way to just constantly be learning from other people's experiences is by listening to people's stories and things like that all of the time. And then reading. Um, I got a library card when I moved to Calgary and it is the best thing. I am obsessed with the library. I think people forget about libraries, like that they exist and that you can just take out as many free books as you want and read as many things for free as you want and learn all of the time. So I have made it a personal goal to just be reading way more. Read before bed, read on the plane, um, read instead of watching a movie. It's super hard. Sometimes my brain just wants to shut off and do nothing but watch Friends, and that's okay. I do that also, but I find that reading fiction and nonfiction just really improves my mind and stimulates me, and I think that not enough people spend time reading long-form things because we are so inundated by this short, clippy newsfeed on Facebook, Instagram. We consume so much visual content that we forget to like read a book and spend the time to read an entire book. The third thing is if you honestly find that you can't sit down and make it through reading an entire book, which I get because a lot of people have attention issues, um, you can download an app called Libby or Libby. I don't know how you say it. L-I-B-B-Y. It's by Overdrive. And if you have a library card to any library in the world, basically, you can use this app to listen to audiobooks from your library. So um, if you have a hard time actually sitting down and reading or you want to basically get the knowledge of books, but do it while you're commuting or doing errands rather than listening to a podcast, listening to audiobooks is a really great way to do that. The next question is, are you in the place that you thought you would be coming out of college? And the short answer is no. As you have heard me talk about throughout this entire episode, the one thing that I will say is that I do still have interest in politics. And so I still read a lot of news, uh, watch the news, listen to podcasts to keep up to date on current affairs. And that's kind of my biggest connection to what I thought I would be doing coming out of college. And I still, like even this year, have been looking at going back to school and doing my master's uh, or possibly looking at ways to become more involved in politics by doing the work that I'm doing now, which I think you can kind of get creative in terms of doing things related to some of your other passions or hobbies without 
making it your full-time career. Um, so that's something that I'm exploring right now is like, how can I be more involved with things that I used to be really passionate about and still am very passionate about, but doing it in a way that doesn't mean I need to change my entire life's trajectory and like get a new career and start a new job. There's ways to do that. Um, as like a passion project or as a hobby, but that's kind of what I'm exploring now because I am in a totally different place than I thought I would be. The next question is, what advice would you give young you? My favorite answer for this question, uh, I heard on a podcast, I think it was Oprah's Super Soul Conversation with Elizabeth Gilbert, and she said, there is no advice that I could give my younger self that I would have taken. And that basically sums up how I feel about this question. There is nothing that I could have said to myself that would change the trajectory that I was meant to go on because I wouldn't have listened. I was very stubborn and couldn't see beyond what I was immediately feeling. I wasn't incredibly self-aware, particularly when I was struggling with my mental illness. And I think you just have to go on the journey yourself and experience these things for yourself. And that is the biggest lesson that you can learn. And, and life is the biggest teacher, really. And that's all the questions I'm going to answer for today's podcast episode. If you have questions or topics that you want featured on the podcast, you can DM me at selfcaresunday on Instagram or on my personal account at kaylee.e.r. And the best birthday present that you could give me is a great rating and review on iTunes. It helps the show get discovered and it would mean the world to me. Thank you guys so much for listening and for tuning in every week when we're posting. Happy Self-Care Sunday, everyone. Mm-hmm.